When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tiers start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up-to-date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riffway Podcast. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Realms, the 5e D&D podcast, where we discuss all you need to know about world building. From gods and demons, to mountains and molehills. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master and creator of Riftwake. I'm Josh, your co-host and fellow Dungeon Master, world builder, and fantasy enjoyer, and Did it- local horror specialist. Horror. So today horror. we'll be talking about <laughs> horror. Horror. So um, it's part of our genre series. If you want to find out more about uh, why we're doing this series, we have an episode dedicated to it. Yes. All right. So horror. I mean, horror is one of the, I'd say it's one of the most common genres in storytelling. Um, it's great for um players it's really really fun to put together as a gm there are some very specific uh things that you need to put into your campaign so that way it doesn't become a comedy of over dramaticism <laughs> um where you're taking it very seriously and everyone else is like my name is goombo <laughs> um but I, i'd say horror is probably one of my favorite genres of of game i don't really like it in my movies because i am a little a baby boy i'm uh, a little bitch <laughs> i'm a little baby bitch boy goo goo gaga um but i i don't prefer it in my movies but i love it in my games it's it's a lot of fun and there are a lot of subgenres of horror that works really well for world building kind of like putting things together and how you want it to be so, what are the hallmarks of horror? Uh, generally, scary. Scary. Sc- scary, yeah. Scary. Um, generally, things are poorly lit. Generally, things are unsettling and abnormal, but not fantastical. You know what I'm saying? Like, things right. need to kind of reach that uncanny valley where. You're you're looking at something and it looks normal, but there's something 
just uh, wrong enough about yeah. it that you're like, this is making me uncomfortable. Um, whenever you're going to be doing a horror setting like this with players, um, make sure you discuss it with them first, that if there are any hard outs um, that your players don't want to have in the game at all, I'd say horror is one of the most important genres uh, that you have that conversation with your players. Give me an example. What are, like, what, what, what um, is one hard, hard out for many people? In- uh, spiders. Ooh. Like, not having, like, some people are deathly afraid of spiders and do not want to even have to conceptualize them. And so, like, boom, it's spiders very, might be it's very an legs. absolute no-go. Creep across your skin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there's yeah. some people um, don't like grisly depictions of like gore and of blood, gore, yeah. um, and it's like, hey, can we not dwell on it kind of situation, or uh, you know, yeah, stuff like I, that. That that does make sense. Okay, um, and so horror is an excellent genre to have in your toolbox. It requires a little bit more prep on your side as a DM. Um, because you need to make sure that the way you're describing things lends itself to be horror, right? Yeah, because it's. I, I think there is a certain talent, like skill, that's required mm-hmm. to achieve that. Because it's very easy to say, "Okay, so you enter the room, the light flickers, and it's dark, and you're like, oh, okay, okay I'm, I'm in the dark room, so what?'" It's it's so I got much vision, bitch. <laughs> it's so much more difficult to be like to, to actually say in such a way that brings across that thing. And I'm, I, this is an aside, right? But it is actually, I do, and we don't do this for the show, but I think it's um, good uh, as a dungeon master to probably use tools such as music and whatnot to help build an ambiance. If you mm-hmm. uh, you're trying to create a certain effect, because um, well, any anything you can do to help out what you're trying to do, like the effect you get the you're trying to comp- really immerse. You really yeah. need you have to have people who are really willing to get immersed in your horror. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it's to just not going to properly hit. play it. Otherwise, yeah, just it just doesn't hit well. Um, it's part of the collaborative storytelling that you need people willing to to kind of lean into the tropes. People who are willing to let themselves get scared by yeah. descriptions, even though it's like, oh, well, People it's all in your head, you're not in any danger. <laughs> Made that mistake before. Hey, guys, even horror um, genres, don't split the party. Let's go, hey, guys, let's, um, let's spread out. Uh, split into small groups. Sound good? Let's, mm. let's all split into small groups of one or two people and go yes. in every corner of this yeah, very and, haunted uh, if, house. And if you notice anything curious and stuff, just... Just check it out yourself. Don't ask no, just anyone it out for with help. your bare hands. Don't yeah, put, like, don't put on a glove. Up. Like um. <laughs> if you hear a sound, you just start walking after it. Don't call just anyone. Just assume it's one of your friends. And yeah, it's like, hey, hey, you Andy, you there? And it's just like, then just vanishes. It's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, horror is an excellent genre to to kind of have in your toolbox. And if you're gonna want to create a horror game, um make sure that you do have like sparks of light in the game. So that way everything is not just a parade right. of depression. Depression. Um, depression. 
Yeah, um, because you you, uh-huh. you you do need to release the tension um, at uh-huh. points. And talking about tension, one of the cool like uh, just let's just talk a bit about like um, you know certain things or tropes in horror. Honestly, the thing that really gets up that anxiety is um, I don't know why, but I just love that chase scene where something's just hot on your ass and you're like, oh fuck, oh fuck, <laughs> go 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 go. <laughs> Right. Yeah, being chased by something much stronger than you uh, is something that's hard to make a one-to-one comparison for for players um, because they are often so willing to stand <laughs> to stand their ground. Yeah, you have to make it very obvious, very so clear that they have no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for example, I, I it, it's not exactly horror, but. If you recall when we did the troll god fight, I think that's one of the few things I did well. But uh, <laughs> that thing was like the 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 sheer like unimaginable danger you are in. It's like, like oh fuck, oh fuck, you know, don't yeah. get close to this thing. Yeah, it's oh, it, yeah. you need it's something that you need to foreshadow, build up, and then continue to build up up to a point. It's not it's very difficult mm-hmm. to build this sense of terror um, mm-hmm. in players or fear of a thing in players. Um, mm-hmm. regardless of the game, right? And if you're going to have that really, really scary thing, uh, you don't want it to be every single encounter is the scary, scary thing. Uh, like, for example, in uh, Dead Space, the first time you encounter one of those... They're not called Xenomorphs. What are they? Whatever. One of those weird xenomorphic creatures mm-hmm. Um Oh, it's you're about ready to shit your pants because you're completely restricted and have no weapon. Um, and then as every single jump scare becomes a four limbed monster, you're like, this isn't so special anymore. Uh, if you're going to have a really, really like scary big bad who is a hulking monstrosity, you don't want them to have him and also his 12 identical twin brothers. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into some of the <laughs> subgenres, shall we? Oh yes, body horror is the first one we have listed here. A, um, these are the kinds of horror scenes that I would put into touch with, like the doctor visit horror. What do you mean? Um, you know, in horror movies or in any horror book that takes place in an asylum where there's a crazy doctor who's amputating people's limbs or putting on extra limbs to people who don't need them and unnecessary surgical procedures. Um, Body horror is when you have kind of an aesthetic where things are missing from a person that shouldn't be missing or things have been added to them that should not have been added to them. Um, Generally, your entire campaign isn't going to be pottery horror, um, but it's going to be a portion or a level or a specific boss or, you know, the kind of introductory moment. Uh, the pile of corpses kind of does a really good way of demonstrating to your players. You are in a very dangerous situation and this, this is not normal. Like I, I, I think like body horror can be played in a very like can be shown in a very scary way. I, I think like the, the one of my favorite things about body horror is that moment where it's like somebody wakes up or something like that, and then they're just like, 
I can't see through my left eye. And then they go up to touch it and then they just find it hollow, a hollow socket or something like that. And you're just like, here's the thing. If something happened like that in real life, you'd be fucking panicking. You'd be like, holy fuck, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. It's, there's like a deep sense of, oh no, something that cannot be replaced is gone for good. And yeah, that's, that is the, what do you call that? The innate horror of body horror. Yeah, there's a, I mean, you know, death is scary and things that should be dead and are not dead are also scary. <laughs> yes, that too. The the rotting zombie is as scary as the person with six arms. It's like, You're like um, who gave him all those extra arms? Where did yeah. they come from? <laughs> Where did they come from? You don't just have four sets of arms just sitting around. This is... Someone added this. <laughs> Why is one of them on his head? Why? Um, if you've ever played yeah. Bloodborne, uh, mm-hmm. Bloodborne does do a pretty good job of the uh, really all the Dark Souls does a pretty good job of like putting together body horror, um, right? Like weird limbs, faces, with things it. that are too long and bent right. in incorrect ways, and well, I think an entire section of one of the DLCs of Bloodborne has you. Um, coming across enemies that have had like their entire heads replaced with like just meat sacks of water and jelly. It is so disconcerting and you're like, Oh no, I'm so uncomfortable right now. (laughs) Um, But speaking of Bloodborne, the next job genre that we have here is cosmic horror. Cosmic horror. Um, Cosmic horror, like we talked about last time, cosmic horror sometimes is like meets sci-fi here. Um, it kind of meets fantasy here. It's all about the the kind of like unexplainable horror that comes in. Um, in Bloodborne, it's your great old ones that are causing huge, terrible problems across the entirety of the of the realm of area, whatever it's, it's called. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Um. It's your, you know, Cthulhu mythos. Uh, Cosmic horror is the unexplainable is at your doorstep. The the uncomprehensible has turned its eye towards you. Like, um, and it also kind of meshes well with the investigation, the investigator subgenre that we're going to be talking about later. Like, isn't that Um, like a massive part of Call of Cthulhu? Oh, Call of Cthulhu, yeah, it's huge. It's like you are paranormal investigators checking yeah. out this cosmic horror. That, that was definitely that, that's definitely a draw of that uh rule set. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. Um Cosmic Horror is it has a very, very specific aesthetic, I'd say, that does a really, really good job of bringing players in, kind of setting expectation. Uh, like how your Wait, superhero, can, can you, you're can expecting you actually to... describe to me, like in words, describe what is like what's the feeling of cosmic horror? Like, I think I'd say cosmic horror is where science and fantasy are kind of fiddling with each other. Um, if you catch my drift, it's one of those things where, uh, if we want to just talk about a hard aesthetic, it's where things don't have a hard and fast explanation. 
um, things are not behaving the way they should. Uh, gods are real and, but they're not real in the way that like, Oh, I'm praying to them for salvation. It's like, I'm praying to them. So they wake up and when they destroy the universe, they gaze upon my existence favorably and I become one with them. And you're like, that's horrifying. Yeah, that is horrifying. It's like, oh. <laughs> Cosmic horror is culty. It's generally unsettling and unnerving and uh not very well in keeping with the normal uh things in cosmic horror happen uh in ways that are unexpected but kind of have their own form of bizarro logic it's internally consistent but not something that makes sense to anyone not of the mind of a madman <laughs> And in and one of the tropes of the cosmic horror genre is the crazy man isn't as crazy as everyone thinks he is. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, the walls speak to me. It's like, oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, the, that's true. the dark shadows are whispering tales of oblivion into his ears. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Okay. We're just going to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, in cosmic horror, generally your characters are not special. Yeah, the uh, basically, they're like, basically human. Like, like, yeah, they they, they are so very human, and it keeps reminding <laughs> you that so very vulnerable. Indeed, like uh, yeah. a little bit of damage can bring you to your knees and almost <laughs> dead. You know what can kill people? A regular gun. <laughs> like, like, what? Whoa. Not it's in like, D&D where a, a gun only does 1d6 damage. No, so, sir. So you're a telling gun me can the, kill you. You're telling me the floorboards break underneath me. I could fall on my ass and break my neck. <laughs> yeah. Like, you tell me I get trapped in a room with a fire in it. I can't bust the door down. You're a 75-year-old man. No, it's not just that. It's just like <laughs> I, I have legitimately tried to bust the door down as a single like as a single person when the door is like fucking locked and shit and that little piece of metal <laughs> dislocates your shoulder. You just, you just hit that thing and you're like, oh, it hurts. I, it's not moving. That's not going nowhere. I'm stuck in here till someone saves me. <laughs> yeah, it's like you like it, to, all too often in fiction you find that People aren't like even normal people are almost superhuman somewhat <laughs> in their abilities. When in real life, the average human is very is more vulnerable than we like to um, think. <laughs> yeah, than we like to think. It's like we we are just a single fall down a staircase trip or a bad like uh, chemical mm -hmm. uh, inhalation, so on and so forth, away from death. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're watching movies and we're like, I could totally one arm bar lift a 140 pound person off the side of a cliff while also holding on to a root with my left hand. <laughs> you're like, you're both dead. I'm sorry. You're both dead. <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, like, let's say you have that scene where they're hanging onto a cliff. One, one guy is holding onto the other person's hands like. I, I could have lifted them back up and climbed back on. In real life, you both slipped to your death. <laughs> mm -mm. 
I am sorry, my dude. You're not one arm lifting this person over your head and throwing them to the cliffside to safety. You're both falling to your death. <laughs> yeah. Or you're dropping them and feeling guilty for surviving the rest of your life. No, no, you're dropping them, feeling guilty at the moment. They realize that you can't pull yourself up, realizing <laughs> like, that they've mm. sacrificed themselves for nothing. And then you drop to your death. Ah, humanity. So fragile. So moving on, dark okay. fantasy. Yeah, so I, it's like I fantasy, feel like but dark. It's, it's like fantasy, but dark. I mean, this is your um, dark fantasy is kind of like your curse of Strahd. Um, things are fantastical, and yet they're horrifying, right? Uh, curse of Strahd. Anything that involves the shadow realms, shadow um, realms, shadow realm. Um, it's generally. Magic is a thing in these in these systems and even even like powerful magic, but dark forces conspire against you, I say, in this kind of subgenre. Something much more powerful than you or much more what do you magical mean by than you. Dark forces. Um, it really can be anything. Um in dark fantasy, the dark force that strikes against you could be the evil count. Right. And the Curse of Strahd, it can be an actual uh, dark aligned deity, a prince of the apocalypse. It can be uh, really anything as long as they are standing in opposition to you. And they kind of are scary. Right. Right. Dark fantasy has all of the fantastical elements of the fantasy genre. Um, while keeping the grim, like the, the actual brothers' grim elements, right? To that, them. That's that's the, the mermaid is not <laughs> the mermaid is not a beautiful young woman who wants to like hang out with you and like also wants legs because she likes you so much. She eats men and drags them to the depths <laughs> to oh, consume no. them for later. Hmm. It's the uh, the Hansel and Gretel. It's Nom nom nom. <laughs> nom nom nom. It's dark fantasy. It's I, I've noticed it's like a trope. <laughs> like it's a thing for, for things to like eating people. We don't we as a society don't like being eaten, so I get it. <laughs> no, I love being wait, no. <laughs> mm, go off, pop off, clean. Alright, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Folkar is like horror, but folky. Wait, no. Um, folky! What, what is folk horror? I've never heard of it before. Folk horror... It's... Kind of... Backwoodsy horror. It's like... Um, eerie traditions. Things that it's like... Uh, did you ever play Resident Evil Biohazard? No. Okay, I think it's Resident Evil Seven, right? Um, where they go I, into the deep of woods it. of Louisiana, and you're like America? just being in the swamps of Louisiana is scary enough. There's also zombie hicks that want to cut you open and rip you to pieces. Um, it's it's these long-standing traditions that have taken on dark and terrifying twists. 
where, you know, you know, we have Thanksgiving in folk horror. Um, their Thanksgiving involves a human sacrifice. Right. right. right? Oh, um, like, like midsummer or something. Yeah. Like midsummer. It would, I'd say that's a good example of like the kind of folk horror where you're like, we are in a very different place and it's they like, have very quaint. different, <laughs> very different customs than we're used to. Um, <laughs> it's very isolated. It's superstitious. Um, it's very good at turning things on their heads where a previously idealistic looking society is revealed to have this like dark underside to it, like, like in Midsummer. Okay. I'd, I'd say folk horror as a story that you're putting together for players specifically, um, they need a reason to be here. Mm-hmm. And two, generally, it's not going to be an entire campaign. Right. But it can be, be an entire like, like arc. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a series of episodes. Um, generally, folk horror lends itself to these smaller scale stories um, that involve, you know, manipulative cults and dark terrors and very, usually, the things that they're up against are very human. Um, I think part of the horror normally is like somehow you're gonna play a part in that horrible thing, one way or right. another. Be participant or um, right, even like fighting itself. fighting against the folk horror tradition may be a form of kind of like quote unquote worship for it kind of situation. Right, and then like uh, that typically these kinds of things would either you're not able to escape or escape like leaving them to their thing would mean horrible things for people that you have left behind mm-hmm. um, it's it's very isolated uh, generally if if something comes up most of the time players need a reason to be there and then once they get there they need a reason to stay um I can't tell you the number of times I have been like, hey, how about we fucking leave? Like, how about we don't stay? <laughs> hey, how about we, because, how about we don't the, have to be here? Yeah, right yeah, now? That, that's, that's the natural reaction. It's like, so you're telling me that at night they cart away one guy and then have him stabbed to death and eat his body? How about we how fucking about, leave? How about no? <laughs> I'm leaving. How about, how, about, how about just straight up? I go home. Maybe? I want to go home, take a hot shower, you know, go to bed. Never think about this community again. Yeah, yeah just pretend they don't exist, you know? Let's fucking... We are done. We're good. Like, we're let's, good. Let's, let's go. go. Wait, let's go. But, but they have ice cream. It's like... Yeah, but, but, not no, a good enough reason. It's not, not worth a good enough it, reason yeah. to stay. <laughs> the best like, ice cream in the whole world. I don't give a shit. Like, let's go. <laughs> um... So, like, I think, like, The Hills Have Eyes is a good example of folk horror. Um, you'll find folk horror does its best at relatively low levels. Um, as right, a kind where, of introduction lack, to the horror of the like, campaign. You, where you lack that strength in your characters to actually do... Things to normal yeah. people yeah. without consequence. Like, right. Where the... the 
the farmer or the kind of cultist poses an actual threat to the character before they become level five and can just nuke the entire town from orbit. <laughs> I have tree fireball. <laughs> I flattened this entire town to the, uh, and then I salt the earth. <laughs> I'm not dealing with them. <laughs> actually, a side tangent, the salting the earth actually make it, Make it difficult to grow. Yeah. If the earth is too salty, you can't grow crops there. Oh. Mm-hmm. I guess nothing can grow near me. Oh, it's because of all your salty, salty tears. <laughs> 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 all right. Talking about. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Here is um. <laughs> That's a terrible tangent. Uh, anyways. Talking about crying. <laughs> Talking about crying. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Ghost stories are a really great genre, regardless of whether or not ghosts are real in your setting. Ooh, um, so... <laughs> Just the belief in a possible ghost is enough to make a very convincing ghost story. This is kind of like where horror can intersect with investigation again. Um, exploring the tale of the ghosts, um, they're kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Ghost stories are very psychological. It's kind of about putting difficult to explain obstacles in the path of your players and whether the ghosts are real or not, um, kind of letting them stew, if you will. So basically putting up in question whether the ghosts actually exist first? Yeah. And it's just this slow building unease. Yeah, it's like your paranormal activity. I don't. I don't know if uh, Nathan doesn't watch movies, so uh, that might not be helpful for him. But 
um, paranormal activity, uh, the ring, of uh, putting things into a position where uh, ghost stories, I feel like, do some of their best work whenever the ghosts are present and, you know, like actually impacting the story and the quest and the discovery and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you felt not seen. Right. But without necessarily, like, I, 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 I ran the, um, what's it called? The Terror House in the Curse of Strahd. Um, and in the Curse of Strahd, there are obviously ghosts, right? And the ghosts are very, very real. Um, one of the ways that I felt like I did that horror moment best was whenever it took possession of an actual doll. And I would just have the doll just kind of appear in places around the house and disappear whenever they weren't looking at it anymore. All right. That's very like or things like, oh, yeah, you you look at at the, you know, kitchen table and you notice one of the knives missing. Where did it go? Fuck. Just one. Just one. (laughs) And then just like having it be in the middle of the hallway with the knife down and you're like. I'm uneasy. I don't like being here. <laughs> Can I leave? Can the I leave? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So like hauntings and stuff like that are, are fundamental to the ghost story. Um, they are a form of supernatural justice. Sometimes I feel, um, the ghost can be enacting revenge for some wrongdoing. Uh, the ghost can just be an angry spirit that's like trying to make other people as angry. miserable as they are. I'd say, did you ever watch American Horror Story? It's a TV no. show. Okay. The entire first season, they're in a ghost house, right? Okay. Like, but you don't realize it's a ghost house because the ghosts are so normal you think they're just regular characters existing in and around the house like people who just come by for to visit the house all the time and so you don't come to the realization that all of the characters who are here are people who have died in the house in the past oh and, shit and that kind of like you realize it as it goes, but it's a slow burn. It's something that, like, it's really, really great. I feel like the first season of American Horror Story is probably one of their best. Um, but ghost stories work really, really well with that kind of slow burn, slow build up uh, storytelling. And, you know, kind of let your characters know what to expect. Are they going to be uh, Scooby Doo in the Mystery Machine or are they going to be. People who are, are they going to be Ghostbusters? Like, who, who are they? Like, what are they doing? Or are they going to be the victim? <laughs> yeah, the victim. Like, ah! Everyone ah. dies. <laughs> Gothic horror. Gothic. Goth. Goth horror. So, Gothic horror. da 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 Generally, gothic horror has it, it's it's more yes. human. Um, it's a lot of mental, right? You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> what is gothic <laughs> horror? 
how do I put gothic horror into words? Like gothic horror is another one of these that's kind of more of an aesthetic than anything else. Um, generally, things are, are larger than life. Um, the atmosphere is really, really important in gothic horror. Generally, it'll take place in like an abandoned cathedral or a uh, poorly maintained castle where, you know, the walls are ghosts and it's it's a little bit more aesthetic, the gothic horror, as opposed to a fundamental like piece of any one type of horror. Um, right. Uh, so examples of gothic horror that you might know. Frankenstein. Dracula. Ah. It's like, ta- it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's that area. It's tales of science gone too far. It's uh, lofty ideals clashing with uh, terrifying realities. Um, the, the path to hell is littered with good intentions in this kind of series. Um, and when you're putting this story together, uh, generally you want your heroes to be very heroic and just kind of slowly knocked down over and over again. Oh. You, you, you need someone who's pretty tenacious to be a gothic horror-styled hero. Um, and pardoned down. Besides. <laughs> just, just knocked over just, over just and over and over up. again. Beat them um, down. Yeah. Um, what's, what's another? The 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 the, the the portrait of Dorian Gray is a classic kind of gothic horror All right, I, I know novel. So one where the dude has a painting that ages instead of him. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I'd say gothic horror is a little bit more difficult to do in your uh, uh, war not Warhammer in your like campaigns. It's it's an awesome aesthetic whenever you're like writing something down world building style. I feel like Gothic horror is more of an aesthetic that you add to your world to give it some spice than necessarily a pillar of the world that you put it in. Like you use the Gothic horror subgenre to further refine an existing genre that you've already put it to. Right. Yeah. But it's fun. Next up, psychological horror. This is another one of those, I feel, horror subgenres where you don't 100% know if your mind's telling you the truth, right? Oh, like um, you Mm -hmm. start to get weird, like all the thoughts yeah. and memories that aren't quite yours things that should be there that you should remember mm-hmm. but don't or things that yeah. you can't remember even though you know you should um i think or even like the person you are is not the person you think you are kind right. of like vibe um right. that one's scary shutter so. island is a classic one um if anyone has ever come into contact with the, oh, it's the, the Mind Hydra. What's it called? 
the mind hydra. Mm -hmm. The false hydra. Do you, do you know about the false hydra? I think I've heard of it before. It's a it's a homebrew monster um, that is a creature that it sings a song and you cannot perceive it, right? And everything it eats, it also consumes the memory of everyone who's ever met them or spoke with them, right? Sounds like the, the so fucking it, whale from Rio Zero. <laughs> it makes a great kind of like you cannot trust your mind setting. Right. Um, like you, you go to an inn, you have, you meet a lovely couple here, you go upstairs, you sleep for the night, you come back down and there's just one guy there and you're like, Oh, Hey, what happened to your wife? And he's like, I don't have a wife. I've never had a wife. Yeah. I've been single my whole life. What are you talking about? That is fucking scary. Yeah. It's and like, it's like one of those things where you're here? like, no, we for sure met with your wife yesterday. And so psychological horror uh, really plays with characters' perceptions uh, and, and what they kind of like know to be true, think to be true. It's about the emotionality of everything. Um, just because you see it doesn't necessarily mean you should believe it. Um, if you've ever seen <laughs> the Mugen Train by... Uh, yes. by um, uh, Demon Slayer, Jesus Christ! The Demon Slayer Mugen Train episode. Yeah, is, um, an entire portion of that is like not being able to trust what you see because, because it's all in your dreams. Right? It's not. Tech I wouldn't say it's technically psychological horror, but I would say it's like a psychological adventure. Right. Um, yeah. Uncertainty, paranoia. Blurred lines between reality and, you know, fiction. Those are the hallmarks of the psychological horror genre and like putting things together. Um, I'd say psychological horror is good for short form content. Um, not being able to trust anything and any and everything that you see uh, is hard to keep going for an extended period of time. Um, I'd say psychological horror is something that you sprinkle into a, an existing horror campaign or like add on top of it as opposed to having it be the entire focus of your entire campaign. Um, unless you're going to do like a short little mini arc or a little story. Mm -hmm. uh, psychological horror is a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it plays yeah. with the mind. It, it gets to the roots of some like real mental fears that your players might have. Like if your wizard is afraid of losing their memory and all of a sudden your wizard is putting things in places that he doesn't remember where he put his spell book. Like, oh, stuff no. like that. I have dementia. <laughs> I'm suddenly suffering from dementia. Uh, if the barbarian is, uh, you know, worried that the people around him aren't his friends, uh, all of a sudden, every time he goes to sleep, when he wakes up, he feels like they've been giving him the stink eye all night. Like that, that they, for some reason, they think that he's lesser than them because, you know, he can't cast magic or because he's not smart like they are. And like, it's, you kind of need to know your players' characters to be able to twist the knife in such a way that psychological horror 
creates this conflict. And last but not least, Slasher. Oh, Slasher's classic. Yeah. Uh, you know, Freddy, Jason. Uh, anything Some that involves an unstoppable monster rushing up you and absolutely yeah. go into town on you and your friends. Um, relentless, unstoppable killers. Uh, they are the, the, the monster mash, as it were, is the classic to the slasher genre. I have to say, like, the thing about slashers is that they're a lot easier to make. Oh, yeah. Slashers are pretty straightforward. But most of the time, you'll have one really, really big bad evil guy that is in constant pursuit that they cannot overcome without the use of, like, some MacGuffin or some yeah. power-up. Um, or, like, some series of very hard-to-do actions, so and so mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you kind of need to know who the monster is. How do they kill the monster? Um, why does the monster do what it does? Um, how do, what, what kind of powers does the killer use? Um, if you just have like a dude with a knife, that's scary, right? But I mean, it's, it's D&D. Everyone's a scary dude with a knife. Like, what does this thing do that makes it unstoppable? I mean, like, you can make something like a werewolf into a... Into a slasher antagonist. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say that, like, Just imagine by by day, you just have, like, one of the top, like, one of the times of falling, but then at night it's like you, when you're unsafe. And the main thing I noticed about slashes is that there are understandable rules as to when you're safe, mm-hmm. and uh, which gives you time to be like, okay, uh, let me see what I can do before the next time I'm gonna get fucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, having having time, I'd say, uh, is a great way to kind of turn up the heat on your players for these slasher films, or not films, but slasher moments. Um, there have been a couple of really, really great, I'd say, like, slasher D&D moments uh, that I've had. Um, but it doesn't have to be D&D. Uh, anything that involves an overwhelmingly powerful antagonist striding up to your, your players, striding up to your protagonist, um, and the protagonists have an understanding like, oh, we're not going to beat them. Like, this is not happening here. This is not happening now. The only option is to run. And if we don't run fast enough, we are dead. Yeah. But, you know, players being who they are, they're going to want to fight them at first. And so I suggest for the slasher genre, have Fuck an NPC... Up. That exists literally to get ripped in half. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Like, like not even like a like like have a plucky, lovable NPC that they're like that they communicate with, whose entire job is to be the first person that is killed. Hi, my name is friend, and uh, I am <laughs> going to die soon. My name is sacrificial lamb, and I'm here to get literally torn into four pieces. Uh, so that way your players know to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, 
So then mid sentence. Oh fuck! The blood's everywhere. I'm <laughs> dying. Oh, it's so pain. I, I'm, I, I, oh, oh, I'm you should all run away. I'm dying. Run away. So I'm bad. dying. Oh, it hurts. Oh, I'm, oh. don't waste <laughs> a healing word on me. No, I'm oh, already no, dead. I'm, I'm already dead, guys. <laughs> go, go without me. <laughs> it's it'll be distracted with me. So, so you'll be saying, it's just like, <laughs> continue speaking. Why aren't y'all leaving? <laughs> Get out. No, no, stop trying to protect me. You're going to die. <laughs> ah, horror. <laughs> and, um, that's <laughs> and that's it. For, <laughs> there, the horror genre, I'd say, is a great genre that mixes really really well with other genres of the type it mixes well with fantasy it mixes well with sci-fi it mixes well with like your murder mysteries it mixes well with war um it is as long as your players are kind of the type that are willing to engage with the story of your horror aesthetic it is such a versatile tool to have at your disposal. Um, it requires a little bit more upfront maintenance, so that way whenever you are putting together this scary thing, it is scary and described as scary, and you don't fumble for adjectives while trying to describe how spooky it is. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I mean, personally, I love horror as a genre, as it comes with, like, books and uh, engaging with it as a player character or as a DM. Yeah, I would say to sum it up, like horror is definitely something that can really add some additional scary spice to your setting and different situations mm -hmm. uh, in your game. Yeah, the and entire session, the entire series can be horror, or it can be sprinkled in there. As like any of these subgenres can literally be an arc or just a couple of episodes of something to kind of palette cleanse from your characters kicking ass and taking names all the time. And with that, thanks for listening to this episode <laughs> of Briefs and Realms. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Tier stars low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access episodes, and even input on riffs and rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riffwake Podcast. Join our Discord every month. We have a join our Discord every month. We have a hangout session on the last Saturday of the month, where you can speak with the cast. The link is in the description below, and you can send us an email: riffwakepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and rip one of your player characters in half. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.